Welcome to BIV Today, the daily podcast from the newsroom of Business in Vancouver. I'm Kirk LaPointe, publisher and editor-in-chief. We're going to make a slight departure today from the typical form of a business-related podcast to meet Anne-Marie Holmes. I've wanted to meet her for a very long time, the award-winning choreographer who has returned this year to the Go Ballet to stage the venerable Nutcracker this year. Ms. Holmes got her start in dancing 77 years ago, 77 years ago in Mission, BC. She was the first North American to perform with the Kirov Ballet in Russia. She's won an Emmy. We could go on lengthily here in terms of her overall credentials. Uh, but And, you know, she's still in this great form at uh, her age of 80. And I'm thrilled now she can join me. Uh, good to see you. Pleasure to see you. Thank you very much. Uh, you know, listen, I'm getting along in age. Uh, give me some tips. How, how, do I, how do I keep people from thinking I need to be sent to the pasture? I do water exercises. I go into the water at, at the Y and uh, where I'm living right now and uh, do exercises in the water. And this so, so you hurt your joints and you, you're very active and you can jump and turn and do everything in the water. It's great. Yeah, I run, I play some hockey. Um, but that's getting on your joints. That's getting into your joints or your ankles or your knees or your hips. The water is, is, is a very good uh, bouncy thing to, to make you feel limber. I've never been much of a water baby. I'm going to have to get at it, I think, if I'm going to. You don't have to swim. You just have to exercise in it. <laughs> okay. All right. But on a, on a professional basis, um, and, and you can see this now, a lot of employers uh, and I, I'm not putting my own one in, in here because a lot of us who, who are at the company are, are fairly along, but a lot of employers are having real difficulty in coming to terms with the reality of our demography, which is that we're an aging society. A lot of people are still quite healthy. You are, I think I am, uh, into a certain age. And, um, and they're having trouble figuring out what to do with all of these um, older folks who still have skills, still have, have of course have all this great experience how how do you how do you, how do you deal with any kind of you know push that might be there uh, to kind of move you aside well i i don't really have a problem with it because uh, people most of the people i work with in the in the arts respect their elders and so um it's not really a problem for me that way. And also I have two grandsons that are five and eight years old that keep me very active and busy and keep me thinking younger because they think young, you know? Mm. Mm. The, the athleticism of, uh, of your craft is extraordinary, of course. Um, and you must have witnessed though, quite the transformation in how um, in how performers now prepare themselves, uh, how they maintain themselves, what they what they think about now that they never used to, whether it's nutrition, or of course their own physical training or their mental health, in all of this. Tell me a little bit about about what are some of the glorious things you've seen along the way here. Well, I see now that dancers are taking care of themselves more. They're doing things like Pilates and melt and different exercises to prepare their bodies for the, the onslaught of doing a hard classical ballet, for instance. 
And um, there's a lot of contemporary ballet now, too, that is very sort of gymnastic. And so they have to learn um, to move uh, in, a, in a safe way. And that is not easy. Um, I, I was very fortunate in my ballet career. I was never injured because I, I was no, I was born in Mission, British Columbia, Canada, and I used to run with the Indians and jump on horses and go into ravines and swing on branches and all that kind of thing. And so I learned to fall. And so whenever I did fall, I never hurt myself, and I never ever fell on stage ever. So. Uh, Okay, then I'll, I'll digress and do a quick question for you on this. You must see parents now with their children in, in classes who don't want them to fall, right? Right. You must go, you must just wince when you see them. I do, of course. <laughs> let them fall, let them, let them. Uh, let, let them fall, let them learn how to fall, yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, I, I mean, it's it's extraordinary also to see um, over the course of your lifetime uh, the immense geopol the, the geopolitical changes, right? Just the sheer, you know, the, the, you went into the Kirov at a time when I mean we we just had the darkest possible suspicions of Russia. It was red under the bed. Red's under the bed. They caused. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I mean, here we are now. Um, it, uh, you know, we have a different kind of suspicion about it, and and yet you here you are. You're you're having to stage probably the most, uh, I think, certainly the best known Russian ballet of all time. That was Swan Lake, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, how how do you do it? How do you get yourself? Um, how do you deal as well with with the politics of all of this? You know, do you, do you feel them as you as you come back and stage Nutcracker? Um, I, I feel a little bit because it's so prominent right now in the news, all about uh, Putin and, and all everything that's going on in Ukraine. And I have many Ukrainian friends, but I also have many Russian friends. And um, is it is pretty difficult to deal with because a lot of the uh, ballet dancers that I know that are even even Soviet have uh, left Russia because of mm -hmm. this whole situation. Yeah, and, and you know, is there anything that you, uh, it, are there performers that you stay in touch with that are, that are you know, now finding themselves, uh, you know, having to seek other countries where they feel they're gonna have to set up? I mean, they, that, of course, those were the, there were days where you would defect, and uh, now you know, it seems like you just leave. You try to leave and stay away. Yeah, a lot of the dancers um, have gone to different ballet academies. There's a, an organization called Youth America Grand Prix. And the director of that, uh, Larissa, she has taken a lot of Russian students and placed them all over the world into different academies and places. And um, there are some dancers that have joined different companies. I know the... Uh, the National Ballet in uh, in Finland, the the, uh, the National Ballet in Norway, Am uh, National Ballet in Amsterdam. They've all taken in stars from different from the Bolshoi or the Kirov. Hmm. So that's difficult. 
But like, for instance, Gorgeyev, who is the um, artistic um, musical director of the Kirov, he, he, his contracts were canceled everywhere in the West. Yeah. What did you think of that? I mean, we, we had, I think there was a, a pianist who was supposed to play um, in, in Vancouver whose contract was canceled uh, right away. What's, what's your feeling about whether that's um, uh, appropriate? I think it's very difficult because it's usually not those people, those, those aren't the people that are doing the, the war. The mm-hmm. war really comes from Putin, you know, yeah. and uh so I, I feel sorry for those people because they're stuck in the middle. Yeah, let me go back because some of the some of the most celebrated dancers from Russia, of course, danced well into their later age, and and I wonder whether uh, this new uh, this athleticism and the Pilates, you know, I'm I'm taking it up now to uh, uh, other types of things, are helping dancers into their later age. Uh, do you, do you see a lot of that still happening? Uh, yes, but you know, usually dancers that dance late into their life, they're the principal dancers. The corps de ballet are, are just beaten up so much, they usually stop, you know, and at the, at the latest in their late 30s, 40s. But uh, principal, I, for instance, I danced till I was 45. But um, like people like Margot Fontaine, Maya Plisitskaya, there's a whole stack of dancers um, that have danced way into their uh, 60s. And yeah. uh, that, that is kind of, but they are principal dancers and they, they take care of themselves and they can do their own uh, schedule and do what they know is good for their bodies at a later age. Yeah. I mean, you talk about uh, about the, the troops that are there, or the number of, of people that are that are there in a in a chorus. Um, you know, this production of, of Nutcracker is—I I didn't realize how large it was until. I mean, I've seen Nutcracker, I think, three times in my life, and uh, they've always been pretty large. But I, I was looking at the stats for this one here: um, two hundred dancers. Yeah, two hundred. Yeah, and uh, from thirty-one schools or something. Uh, um, like uh, honestly, is this is this just a piece of cake for you to choreograph, or what? Well, <laughs> How do you do? Um, I'd say about uh, fifteen years ago, there was an impresario in Vancouver by the name of David Louis, and um, he was always after me to do ballets in Vancouver. He said, "Anna Marie, you're Canadian. Why aren't you here working in Canada?" I said, they never asked me, so I never go. Then he kept pestering me. I finally, I said, okay, I'll do a nutcracker. A nutcracker will sell. And he said, good, that's great. I said, I want to do it at the Scotia Center because that's anybody can come there. It's not just one studio. So I went there and did it. And most of the dancers that came to this edition were from the Go Ballet Academy, actually. And um, then Mr. and Mrs. Go, who I absolutely adore, took me to China and said, we'll buy the sets and costumes with, for that in China and be outside of Beijing. So we went there, I took designs and whatever, and we had all the sets and costumes made in China and brought them to Vancouver. So that's what started this whole thing really going on at a fast pace and, uh, so that's what happened. 
And then you had this little thing called the pandemic, right? The pandemic came along, yes. But yeah. the pandemic has not stopped me too much. I've been still doing ballets in, in Tokyo and in Helsinki and in Budapest and in, in all over the place um, because of, they put big screen in the studio and um, I tell them what to do and they do it. And if they don't do it right, I tell the ballet master and they correct it and they, we do it that way. Yeah, I, th I find it really intriguing. You, you've actually turned your, almost your art, your business into, uh, into something that is virtual. You've been able to adapt that. Uh, but I mean, you, you must love the in-person stuff. Oh, I love the in-person because I love dancers and I, I love the way they work and their ethic and all of that. So I really like it in person, but I have been able to do it not in person as well. Yeah. Have you been able to create like new, new really strong relationships with people virtually? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh -huh. And 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 uh, and, and uh, let me ask you this: Have when you if you finally met them in person, have you been surprised? Like have you you know? Yeah, it's 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 a different feel, of course. And a lot of my colleagues, they don't like doing um, virtual things. They only want to do it in person with the person next to them. But that doesn't bother me too much because eventually I will get to see them <laughs> and talk to them. Um, I remember teaching an entire course in uh, virtually uh, for a semester. And at the end of it, I asked the class what it, uh, whether it had any questions for me. And the first question was, how tall are you? I thought that was a good. <laughs> That's good. That's a very good uh, one. I think that was fair. Uh, last area. I, I'm. Uh, you know, you're not going to do just a basic nutcracker ever, right? Everyone likes to throw something in. Um, yeah. Don't spoil too much for us here. But uh, have you got some twists and turns that you you think you're yes, going to bring in? Uh, there's a few few different things with the, you know, the Drosselmeyer I have in my ballet is, is a magician. So he makes magic tricks. And so I have him doing that throughout the whole ballet because after act one, all the children love act one because it's got other children in it. Act two doesn't have so much. So we put more children in it and more magic tricks in it. Okay. So that helps. And I also took the Arabian and uh, she's a rhythmic gymnast. Okay, all right. That's quite interesting. Yeah, and and um, did you did you need to rethink uh, you know too much of the production and get a little bit outside it, or or could you? Yeah, I, I sped it up. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I brought the tempos up to a. Uh, well, I, I will admit for families that it, you know. For little children, it can be a long, long. Remember, day. I have two grandsons, eight and five. I know what it's like. <laughs> so they're they're your focus group, are they? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah they are. <laughs> I got it. Um, so, uh, do you know? Do you remember the dates now? What what dates we're we're starting with here? Um, I think I'd have to ask Chan that. Oh, Chan Chan uh, Hungo is on on our call as well, so maybe you can weigh in, Chan. Well, thank you, Kirk. It's a pleasure to speak with you. Um, our dates in Vancouver at the Queen Elizabeth Theatre 
from December 15th to 18th. And we're super, super excited to be able to come back on stage with a brand new cast this year. Nice. Thanks. Thanks so much for chiming in. Uh, we, we had you there and, uh, for, uh, you know, for this information, for this little commercial message, if nothing else, thanks so much. Um, you know, Emery, um, you know, you, you must have been asked a couple of million times um, for advice about about all of this. Um, I'm I'm still intrigued on what advice you give to to someone who is starting out um, on on the shortcuts. Uh, you know, and I, I now get asked this uh, in you know after four decades. You must be asked it after seven and a half. How you know what are the shortcuts? Are there any? And and how do you how do you develop a kind of a sustained career in all of this? Do you have basic life advice in there? Well, I really one thing I, I believe in is that you have to really work and love what you do. Don't just do it to do it. You have to love it because it's really too hard a work to do if you don't love it. And the other thing is not to badmouth the people you work for. Uh, just don't do it just swallow it and work (laughs) that's very good he's a little late for that one for me but okay um but but no that's great those are two really good things i mean in you know the loving the everybody talks about it being a passion but there's a difference between that passion and a love for it because uh, the love, the love kind of keeps you on it when, frankly, it's not going all that well, right? Yeah. yeah. But I, I started dance in mission when I was, you know, three or four years old, but I didn't start ballet till I was nine. I went on point when I was 12. I was in theater and the stars in Vancouver. I was, you know, all over. Then I went to England and then joined the Winnipeg Ballet. And then I went to Russia and, I mean, my my career has just been amazing. I'm writing a book then. All right. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. That's so, great. That's good. When do you think you'll get that done? Uh, probably be another year because with my grandchildren, I can't really write. It, it uh, disrupts me. So, but uh, it's, it's amazing. That, we, can blame, we can blame everything on kids sometimes, and now yeah. you get to blame grandchildren for holding you up on things. That's good. Every time I think of a good story, I. I write it down and then I'm, I'm going to piece it together. Well, it'll be a great memoir. I'm sure. Listen, thanks so much for your time today. It's been a real pleasure meeting you and, and, uh, you know, continued best success. I mean, it sounds like nothing's going to stop you for the longest possible time. And that's great. It's great that we can have you as a resource in this community right now and around the world. So thanks for your time again today, Anne-Marie. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I'm Kirk LaPointe, publisher and editor-in-chief at Business in Vancouver. Thanks a lot for watching.